No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? It's Monday. That means it's a brand new episode of the Word Bros Podcast. What's up? My name is Bob. Kevin is not here at the moment because we forgot to record an intro and an outro when we did the interview. So this is just the smooth, sweet sounds of my nasally kind of twang. This week on the podcast, we have very special guests. We're very excited about this. Leslie Julian... And his homeboy, his number one, his main man, artist Brian Flint. They are the they are half of the creative team of the book Savage Wizard, which is live right now on Kickstarter. Go to SavageWizard.com and you can find out all about that bad boy. We're really excited to have these dudes on. We've been trying to schedule this interview for like two months. It took forever, but we're finally here. We finally got it on. Leslie is a busy, busy fella because that's what happens when you have a Kickstarter. Just promote, promote, promote. So he's using uh, the Word Bros podcast to promote his stuff, which we more than welcome. We were more than welcome to have him on. What a great interview. What a great guy. Uh, And again, we don't want to just breeze over Brian because Brian was an interesting fellow as well. So we have both of these dudes on today. They're talking about their their, um, their Kickstarter, Savage Wizard. You can check that out right now. So we're talking about children, and right now my daughter is upstairs uh, uh, just kind of messing with a loose tooth, and it's getting ready to fall out of her face, and it's the grossest thing in the whole wide world to me. I don't know what it is about l- losing teeth, but it still just uh, gets me every time. Not there yet. My, mine's uh, still got a year or two, so I haven't had to deal with that yet, but we'll see if it freaks me out or not. <laughs> oh, you have kids too, uh, Leslie? Yeah, just the one. Okay. Uh, they're, they're four. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a fun age. Like, but the cool part is every year after that gets more and more fun. Like I was trying to explain to my daughter that like having a baby is just kind of boring. <laughs> like they just, yeah, they is. eat, <laughs> they eat shit and cry. And that's basically it. And every year gets more exciting after that. Yeah, that's pretty true. They're more like, a- <laughs> than anything. so uh, we've got Leslie and Brian here. Is anybody else coming out? We're waiting on Kevin. I was checking to see if Doug was coming, but I haven't heard from him. So it might just be more likely than not me, just me and Brian. Okay. That's cool. I think we can we can do that. Sometimes too many people yeah. make it a little too complex. I'm glad we were finally able to work this thing out, Leslie. It took it took forever <laughs> yes, to get scheduled. You're good. <laughs> but I mean, you're an you're an important guy. You've got this Kickstarter going on. You're trying to get out there yeah. and spread the word, which is awesome, you know? Yeah, like I said, pound and pavement, uh, getting us out there with as many folks as possible. But yeah, I'm glad we finally made this work. Super yeah, excited maybe. to be on with you guys. Me too. Um, let's see here. So Savage Wizard is live right now on Kickstarter. Um, 
You guys are making things happen, man. This is very cool. I'm excited for you dudes. Now, is this your first venture into Kickstarter? My first, uh, I think this is Brian's second and Doug's third. So we have a little bit of experience, but it's my first time behind the wheel because I've had some anthology stuff before, but yeah, first time behind the wheel. How you, how you holding up? Uh, pretty good. The first day was rough. My stomach was in knots, <laughs> but we're, we're at making a good pace now and I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I always feel confident, you know, but you know, especially now that, you know, things are past 50%, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Kevin, what's the stat on 50%? Don't you have the numbers? Like you're, you have yes, the numbers. Yes, uh, 96% of Kickstarters that reach 50% will hit their funding. Yes. Wow. So good company then. All right. You, you pretty much got that. Unless yeah. you're in the unfortunate 4%. 4%. I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder who those, I wonder who those 4%ers are. They're 4%. like, man, fuck Kevin, yeah. fuck Kevin Company's <laughs> numbers. Right. I would just do this. Four. Four horsemen. That's what happened. We got time for Kevin Cuffin is 4%. No, yeah. So we, we hit 50 in the first week. I'm like, we're golden. Even if things slow to crawl, that, that rally comes around, we'll be good. The community does seem to kind of lift projects up because there are things that I've backed that I've been like, oh man, I really hope this makes it. But wow, they've got a long way to go. And then you look yeah. like, you know, 48 hours to go and they're like, hey, we made it. Like, wow, you guys made up a lot of bread pretty fast. So it's it's very fun to see the community kind of rally to people's books, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that is the awesome thing about the, the whole Kickstarter and indie uh, community. Like when, when you see that happening, it's like, yeah, like, man, people are kind of t- together in a sense, you know, it's really fun to see that. and. Uh, it's awesome to kind of be a part of that. I feel like you have a little piece in that, uh, making stuff happen. It's fun too, because I feel like the backers of the book, uh, especially the initial ones really take ownership of it. Like they, they have like a pride in, in the work that you're doing. And, and sometimes Kevin, I don't know if you feel this way, but I know I have like, I feel like I don't want to let them down. Yeah. I also feel, I also feel like they're, those are the people who are invested in you and your career. So, um, and, and, and it's, it's a shared thing. It's weird. It's really weird on Kickstarter because people will be like, Oh, I backed this book, but I backed your book too. And like now both of you are at the same con and it's so amazing because these two projects were on Kickstarter at the same time or, and, and it's, it's showing who your like contemporaries are in comics now. So I think that's really cool because um, it opens up a lot of doors for new creators. And I like that. I, th- I think that's a yeah. really, really great thing about Kickstarter. Yeah, and comic book uh, fans are pretty tribal to begin with. So if you let them like be like, oh, yeah, dude, this, you know, I, I'm behind this back and thing, you know, I'm behind this, this project. You know, they, they feel like they, I mean, they did, they contributed, they help you bring it into reality, but they feel like a sense of accomplishment themselves. At least that's how mm-hmm. I feel when I back something and it gets funded all the way. I kind of feel like, oh, I kind of did it too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But it's like being, it's like buying stock in a new company that like makes it off the ground and does something cool. You know, you, you feel like, Hey man, that's really great. I'm glad they were able to accomplish these things. So, so, so this is your first solo venture on to Kickstarter. You were saying, Leslie, tell us about Savage Wizard. It's a really great concept. Yeah. uh, Savage Wizard is a, the, the quick log line we like to give is basically what if Conan the Barbarian was forced to become a wizard? You know, that's the, the nitty gritty. Oh, hmm. that's interesting. That is Conan an interesting concept. 
Yeah, I uh, came up with it um, kind of around Pitch Vember um, back in 2019. And for people who aren't familiar, Pitch what Vember. What is Pitch Vember? I've never even heard of that. And, to, and that's, that, one? that sounds like the worst <laughs> month in the whole wide world because there's nothing shittier in comics than pitching. Oh my God, that's awful. <laughs> We're not even participating in that, Bob. Right? Get any ideas. I refuse <laughs> to participate We're in not. No. We should just right. call it Fail Vember because that's what we seem to do with pitching. <laughs> Fuck this it must member. not be that popular because I, <laughs> I looked it up again more recently and it must have died or something. But um, <laughs> pretty much you're supposed to come up, yeah, with a, just a quick little log line every day for the month of November. So yeah, back in 2019, I, I knocked out about like 40 something, like just wow. random wow, that's uh, great. log lines for, for comics. And, and this was one of them. Uh, and it managed uh, to be really awesome. Uh, Doug approached me about wanting to collaborate, Doug, uh, my co-writer, um, and uh, we talked back and forth and none of them were really working. But then I kind of went through my Google, uh, my Google Keep notes and it's like, hey, how about this one about the Barbarian? It's like, oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. And then you got Brian to draw it? Is that what happened? Uh, pretty much like after we had the script finalized and everything, um, I, I thought about Brian, um, we used to be in, um, a kind of, a, a basically it was a weekly, uh, we call it comic jam where a writer and artist would get together each week and, uh, kind of randomly get paired together and, uh, get, uh, forced to kind of do like a random, uh, one page comic, uh, throughout some random prompt. And, um, I was never lucky enough to have Brian, um, script, uh, sorry, do the art for any of my scripts, but, um, I just remember thinking how awesome his art was. And once we kind of knew the art direction we were going in, like, uh, what the, the character was going to look like, I knew Brian, uh, would be a perfect fit for this. Nice. And Brian, what did you think of the script? I loved it. I, thought I it hope rad. so. You're fucking drawing it, right? Like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, not everybody loves every script you get to draw, but you know, I, I really did like this one a lot. Uh, the characters like really come out, you know, through the text pretty pretty well. Like they were easy to to visualize after reading it, you know, and like I I, I dig that whole like reclassing as a different thing, especially since like during the time when they sent it to me. I was kind of struggling with uh, self-identity, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I kind of feel like I'm one kind of person, but like kind of turning into another, like we do, you know, throughout life. And so uh, it kind of like, it kind of hit me in that place, you know what I mean? Especially when I'm getting older, not as strong as I used to be and all this other stuff, you know. Are you going? Sorry about a guy, you know, losing his. Brian, are you going to like a midlife crisis or something? Like what? What's this is like my third midlife crisis. I go. Through... <laughs> <laughs> I went through. When I was twenty. I think every ten years I go through one. All right. Okay. Okay. I haven't had a single one yet. I'm jealous. Like I, I'm just gonna buy like a Corvette or something. I mean, it gets happens. it gets better. I think right. Like it yeah, gets better. I'm better. We're I'm... a fine wine, Bob. Look at yeah. this cray. Like this cray. Is, we earned it. We we. Have, we're like wizards. But I'm better. Not as cool. I'm better now in my 40s than I was in my 30s, and I I think you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but you know, it, it's more the 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 switching from one way of thinking about yourself to a different one. You know, like the 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 lens you use to view yourself. Yes, I get so it. Because like, when when I got the news that I was going to be a dad, I think I felt that way. Like I, I can't be a dad. Like that's where like it, like if if you would call that a midlife crisis, I was like how the fuck am I going to raise another human? Like, like I can barely take care of myself. This sounds awful. But then once it happened, like I was like, Oh, well, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. So that, that might be um, 
a good parallel to what you're talking about, Brian. Like, I was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But then you get there and you're like, oh, this is actually easier than I thought it would be. Like, I thought this was going to be terrible. So yeah, yeah, that that's that's exactly kind of what uh, what I'm talking about. It, it, <clears throat> you use that example uh, when you first had the kid, you're like, oh, it's not so bad. You know, like it's just a baby. And and like uh, Bob said that, you know, a baby just kind of just doesn't really do anything. You know, mm-hmm. like you just had to keep him alive and not be a terrible human being around him. Yeah. Pretty easy to do. Yeah. But then when your kid turns like, you know, 10 or 11, they start thinking and making decisions and kind of looking at you with a critical eye. Like, is he really as good as I thought he was? <laughs> like, then you then you kind of change the way you look at yourself and you go like, well, now I have to make myself better. You know, mm-hmm. like, so I was kind of going through that like man i kind of fell into like a slump and this and that and like i don't know and and the the pandemic probably had a lot to do with that too of course you know, get a lot more time to like navel gaze or whatever and you want to call fucking it fucking just fear for the worst things that could happen like, yeah. it was just a lot of sitting around and worrying exactly yeah so when i got the script and i read it and it was about someone kind of like going not through the exact same thing but going from one way of thinking of themselves to another it spoke to me, you know, in that in that kind of way. I, I like that when characters are forced to make a change, you know. So, so your titular character, the Savage Wizard, he is a barbarian who is forced to like learn uh, wizarding. Does he go to like a wizarding school? Is it like is it like Conan goes to Hogwarts and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, nah, son, I'm not gonna learn this. Like, no, but that sounds like an world. awesome story. Might <laughs> steal that yeah. from you. <laughs> Uh, no, basically, he has a, a kind of a, a mentor who begrudgingly kind of takes him under her wing, and they uh, kind of have to go throughout the world to um, to stop this upcoming evil that um, he's kind of unleashed, basically, because uh, his friend that has betrayed him has now kind of gone off the rails. So it's almost like a revenge story with, with some magic in it, where, yeah, his uh, mentor, um, wizard uh, mentor, is now basically forced to show him the ropes in order to um, to have someone um, go up against um, his former ally, pretty much. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you've got this thing. So, and this all came out of this pitch Vember thing where, like, <laughs> you came up with 40 log lines. And that sounds exhausting. Okay, I mean, there are, there are a lot of garbage ones for sure, <laughs> but, but this one definitely was, you know, the diamond uh, uh, amount of all, all, at all the rough, you know, there all of them weren't winners, but this one definitely even at the time was like, yeah, that's kind of nice, but I wasn't necessarily going to get to it until Doug became, came to the picture because Doug makes things happen, so it's great to have him on board and kind of push this into fruition, you know. So when you're when you're normally looking for collaborators, how do you go about doing that? Are you active on social media? What kind of questions do you ask potential people you may want to work with? How does that work for you, Leslie? I mean, typically I'm just like, ooh, your art looks pretty. Can we work together? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this instance, um, Doug approached me. He had just seen a couple um, um, short comics I was putting out like in a Discord somewhere and he liked them. And he was like, hey, you want to do something together? And I would uh, kind of seen some stuff Doug was doing. So I was like, okay, sure. And um, I'd never co-written anything. So it was kind of scary, but I was like, I'll give it a shot. And luckily we we gelled pretty well. Our um, uh, even though our, I would say our, our writing styles are different, we were able to to um, blend our styles together really nicely, and it felt pretty natural. The, the scripting process was really smooth. 
So tell us how you like, so how, what, what's your process like? Is Kevin and I write as a duo? How yeah. did you and, uh, and Doug handle that? So uh, for a process for this, uh, basically um, we outlined the whole story and then we broke it down into scenes. And then, so um, we would uh, kind of split up into scenes. So he would take um, like the first scene, I would take the next scene. Uh, he would take scene after that, I would take, and we kind of go back and forth. And so pretty much we would um, write our pages, like say that scene would be maybe three or four pages. He'd write that part. I'd write the next, uh, next uh, three pages. So the first six pages of, of the book. And then we'd come back together, uh, see what we liked and kind of marry them, make sure the style was uh, uh, consistent. And then from there, um, once everything looked consistent, kind of go to the next scene and kind of repeat that process. It was like a zippering process, go back and forth, make sure everything is consistent. And then uh, we did that all the way to the end of the book. That's so cool. Brian, could you tell who wrote what? That's that's the question. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't actually. I, I didn't know that they took turns going back and forth. I thought that they knew each other like in person and had like worked together, you know, like at the same time. Because mm -hmm. I could not tell from one to the other, like honestly. That shows the sign of good collaboration though, right? That that they were able to kind of speak in the same voice and kind of tone. Yeah. And it's a question we ask artists uh, sometimes that work with us. Like, could you tell who wrote what? And they, and they usually can't. They usually can't. So that's good. So yeah, um, for sure. I think one time maybe they did, but I, but only once. But that was because we weren't finished. It was it was a real rough draft. So um, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like um, Brian had gotten to this. Basically, you know, once we had done several revisions, you know, like maybe three, four revisions, and you know, final draft. Like every all the kinks were ironed out, and yeah. Once it's there, it's like, yeah, hopefully you better not be able to tell. <laughs> so is this going to be something you do again, you think working with a co-writer or is this just kind of going to be a one-time thing for you and you're going to move on to get all the glory yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, so <laughs> I definitely do have my, my solo fires in, in the oven, but um, me and Doug, we definitely plan this as a mini series. So there are uh, three other issues that we oh, have uh, planned out. Yeah, so we have this plan as a four issue mini series and maybe if people like it, we can go further. Uh, but yeah, definitely have, you know, like a, a finite story that we went to tell with this and it'd be definitely cool to hop in the world again. I actually have another um, co-written story that I'm uh, probably going to take to Kickstarter early next year that I'm also excited about. Who'd you co-write that with? Um, AJ O. Mason. He's a, a great guy who actually, uh, he just uh, signed a deal with IDW for an original graphic novel. Nice. But, um, I forget his last name, Dominic. Uh, I forget the artist's name, Dominic B. Um, but yeah, they they have an awesome uh, looking graphic novel that they put together in AJ. That's cool. a letterer as well. He's done some great stuff. And we just have like a really uh, crazy uh, comedic uh, crime uh, story that we put together called Head Cases. That's really fun. We're looking forward to either uh, shopping it around or uh, yeah, you know, Kickstarter early next year. That's cool. Um, um, now, are you one to kind of pitch first, fail, then kickstart? Or do you like to go the other way where you kickstart and then drop, you know, whole books on people? Because it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to hear different perspectives on both oh, yeah. because I've heard both sides of it. And to be honest with you, Kevin and I aren't really sure how we feel each mm -hmm. way. It's like, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know how expensive it is to make a comic. So, I mean, typically like we'll pretty much, uh, my, my process thus far has been get together you know that that pitch packet you know the, the bare minimum of pages that i need 
and I'll try to pitch something. And if that doesn't work, I mean, this is only my, my first Kickstarter, but um, uh, pretty much just go to the Kickstarter process. If, you know, no one's biting, then I don't mind because I think, you know, uh, luckily now Kickstarter has been just such a great avenue in, in terms of uh, being a new outlet for, you know, a creative people to, to get their stuff out there versus kind of being constrained by the traditional publishing, um, you know, arena. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nice just to kind of do the thing, right? Exactly. Erica Erica Schultz was saying today on Twitter, mm -hmm. just do the thing. And I think that's the best advice that you can kind of get at this point. Yep. Do it and then hopefully they come to you. And if not, you're still fucking doing what you want to do. So who gives a exactly. shit anyway? Yep. Right. Brian, is this your first Kickstarter or have you done Kickstarters before? Uh, I ran my own Kickstarter a couple nice. of years back. Um, what was that called? Uh, Kuru number one. Actually, uh -oh. Oh, give me one second. That's good. Look at that. He's just got it sitting next he, to him. He's like, I know what it is. He's ready. He's ready to sell this book. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. I'm trying to figure out what the painting is behind Brian. Um, I'll have to ask him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, interesting. It is. It's interesting. There's like interior I, organs there. Man. All right. I thought you I had know. a book with me. But it's like, you know what happened? You just sold so many of them that you're like, I don't fucking have those things around, um, bro. If you could look around my basement, you'll see all these uh, USPS boxes that are full of unsold. No, <laughs> don't so. say that. Don't let them behind the curtain, man. Um, yeah, and, and, and speaking of the curtain, what is that behind you? We were just talking about the, the tapestry that's behind you. The tapestry. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm using D and D word. We're talking about a savage wizard book here, Bob. <laughs> Going to get the vernacular right, sir. It's rad, right? It's, it's yeah, it is. Uh, this artist I I uh, bought it from in, on uh, Instagram, whose name? It's, a it's like a yeah, yeah uh, it is Baphomet. That's right. Yeah, I can see now. I, at first, it looked like a Minotaur holding guts, and I was like, yeah, yeah it's very first, D and D. Yeah. It like, also <laughs> kind of looked like a like a woman's reproductive system, like with the the mm -hmm. things and the other things and the, i don't know anything about it because i didn't the take that the, yeah, the things that's my that's my basic knowledge of female anatomy or the things <laughs> and the other things i believe there's a, something called a fallopian tube in there somewhere i'm not sure yeah so so the other question i have is so you guys are doing this on kickstarter is a conversion van painted by frazetta with both like a wizard barbarian a reward because if not, you're missing out on an entire audience because a savage wizard on a conversion van sounds fucking amazing. That does sound yeah. amazing. I wish we had thought of that before. <laughs> we did come somewhat close. We didn't get the conversion van, but um, our, our friend uh, Cinderman uh, came up with this amazing variant cover um, he just um, dropped that's uh, now available as an add-on that is gorgeous. If um, people haven't checked it out, definitely um, check that out. Because yeah, it's incredible. It's like fine I mean, art. It sounds like Frank Frazetta's wet dream. You have like a wizard and a barbarian <laughs> on a conversion van with some Vikings and it. like mountains in the background, magic coming out of his hands. Six and then, figures, that's yeah. And then you need like, <laughs> and you need the little window on the conversion van. Sometimes it's shaped like a star. Sometimes it's just a bubble. But you know, you need all those things. You know? Definitely a naked lady. Yeah, like somehow. Well, she's covered up by something like her hair is covered. Clams. Sometimes, be, sometimes be classy. He, sometimes yeah. he went full nude though. Like there are points. In but not his on career. conversion vans, Bob. I mean, but if you're <laughs> you going to be driving it. around the nipple van, but if you're right. going to do it, you might as well go for it. It's always like, do you ever see the guys that have like 
like I remember my grandpa had a had a naked lady tattoo on his forearm growing up, and I was like, "Grandpa," and he's like, well, if, you're gonna, "If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you might as well go all the way." And I was like, "Okay, that's cool, that makes sense." Yeah, crazy, nice. old, yeah, you crazy old man. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys have this thing. How long is the Kickstarter running to till on this uh, on this book? We I'm got another like about. twenty second, uh, another twenty two days. That's um, oh. up October fifteenth. So oh. we still have a road ahead of us. So are are you guys yeah. sleeping regularly? Like, are you handling it okay? Is is are you checking? Like, which one of you is the person who checks Kickstarter nonstop? I'm, I'm checker, I'm awful. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bob for us. So that's why he asked, because Bob is the checker. Now, let me ask you this question. Why? Why do you do it? And do you honestly think that you sitting there staring at the computer screen will change the outcome of your Kickstarter? No, but I am uh, so self-important that I feel like every time I tweet, it's going to affect it. And clearly, every time I tweet something, that's just going to be another backer, right? And <laughs> but isn't that kind of a learned behavior? Because sometimes it feels like it really does work. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you'll send out a tweet and then like five minutes later, you get a backer and it goes, Eureka. <laughs> and then you just never stop, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing is I would feel nervous about us running a Kickstarter, Bob, if you weren't checking it every five minutes and staring at the computer screen, because then I know we wouldn't get any backers. I know. I don't <laughs> so, know any different. Cause I you mean, staring at it makes us get more backers. And like you go. stare at it into the wee hours of the night till you just can't. And then you stare at it first thing in the morning. I'm so. trying to I'm trying to put out positive thoughts, man. Positive it's, thoughts. It's very Kundalini of you. It like, is out there, like <laughs> meditating on it, like eating eating like um, really cool ice cream and, and worrying a lot. So yeah. I, I think that's awesome. What else am I gonna do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as as far as Kickstarter goes, this is your first one, Les. You said. Yep. Yes, and yep. and this is Brian, Brian's done a couple. This is he's he's a little vet. He's more of a vet. He's been in the trenches before, yeah, so got one, yeah. got one in, in the trenches. So, how what has the experience been like for you? Have you guys done like a lot of podcasts and stuff to try and get ready for this, or what? What, what yeah. have you done? Yeah, we've I've I've been dragging Brian and Doug on a, on a ton <laughs> of top podcasts. We've done uh, this is probably like number thirteen or something. I think oh, we have like Jesus. twenty or twenty two scheduled. I've yeah, I've just been going crazy on the podcast. I dust off my Facebook. I've posted on Facebook. Uh, I've reached out to a couple of comic publication sites and uh, I've got them to to post some stuff like Comic Book Yeti and the Comic Con. So I've definitely been doing as much as I can to to get the word out there and not just uh, rely on on Twitter because you know there's a lot more comic world out there than just Twitter. You are, you are fishing with dynamite, my man. It's, it's like, like a world tour. But, He's but on it's a, a world tour. It's a really great strategy to do, though. Kevin and I have kind of a similar mentality, too, because even if a podcast has like 14 listeners, if you pick up three people, that's three people you didn't have before, and that's how you, exactly. build, it. That's how you build an audience. Right. I'm trying to grow us outside of our, just our circle, you know, because, I mean, obviously a lot of people who, who I love and are great, supporters of us are like you know the same 20 people retweeting you know so like anytime you can get like you said someone outside of that circle outside of that range a new um backer from a podcast or maybe from one of those news articles that's you know great because that's someone who never heard of Leslie yeah. Julian or, or Doug Wood or Brian Flint before you know mm -hmm. no, well, I mean and as yeah and as you can tell we'll do any podcast like we'll we we have, we have done 
all kinds of podcasts when we were promoting our book, so I, I get it. it. It makes a lot of sense to Dude, me. Dude, we fucking started our own podcast to talk that's, about. That, like, like that's yeah. how far we went. We're like, you know what, man? Yeah. We just gotta... We're gonna talk about ourselves all the time on this podcast. <laughs> Not in, in lieu of guests, but like sometimes we won't have guests, and so we'll just talk about ourselves. That'll be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. <laughs> talk about what kind of ice cream we like to eat. So... <laughs> So we'll ask you that. What kind of ice cream do you guys like? Favorite flavors of ice cream? We'll go. Mm-hmm. You first, Les. I'm not the hugest ice cream person. But oh, if I'm man. Getting, I know. If I'm getting ice cream, ice cream. It, it's Rocky Road. Uh, no, sorry, Rocky not, Road? No, no, sorry, not Rocky Road. I lie. Uh, cookies oh. and cream. That's my go-to. I mean, cookies and cream. That's a solid choice. It's a solid. That's a solid. Yeah. Brian? I like, have you ever had that, that uh, Reese's peanut butter ice cream? Yes. They've got out there. And I got that from my kids, and I stole a little bit of it. It's just so good. (laughs) To the back of the fridge, because I'm trying not to slide back into being 260 pounds. So I'm just, you know. Wow. Okay. So, so you were at 260. What are you at now? 190. That now, how did that's a? I mean, you say that was so casually. How did you manage to do all that? That takes a lot of willpower, right there, dude. Oh man. Uh, Well, probably the first Kickstarter did had something to do with it because I wasn't. (laughs) or anything but yeah that that had something to do with uh one of those midlife crises that i was having where like uh my kid would go to the trampoline park to play with her you know friends and stuff back when you could do that and then uh i'd be 260 pounds like just sitting there like i can't do any of this stuff and feeling like i was wasting my my kid's childhood not being able to do anything you know so I just started running and lifting weights and I got into rock climbing. That's and, cool. Yeah, yeah. So but if we had a studio audience when you said what you said, they would have went, oh, oh like <laughs> like because that's a really good story. Like that's yeah. very inspirational. Cause I I felt the same thing. Like when I was a stay-at-home dad, I was like, man, I started doing yoga a lot because mm-hmm. I'm going down slides, I'm crawling through play sets. Like I, I was like, I gotta be able to move. I don't wanna be, you know, sitting on the sidelines, not being able to enjoy this stuff. And it really helped out. So I think that's a really noble and kind of awesome thing you did for your children. That's great. I appreciate it. Dude, yoga's so hard. I did that too. I did that freaking Diamond Dallas Page yoga. So do I, that's yeah, what that's what I do. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I, but I, it, I tell you what though it's pretty solid stuff yeah yeah my core strength went way up yeah really hard i'll sweat bullets doing that yeah no shit i did it a lot during the pandemic but now that i've i'm vaccinated i've been going to the gym and running on the treadmill more because for so long i now i just want to get out of my house like i still love doing ddp yoga i will still go back to doing ddp yoga but right now i'm just very much excited about like i'm gonna leave my house like i'm still i'm still in that phase of my existence at this point i'm vaccinated fuck it i'm going out you know <laughs> yeah same <laughs> That's cool. Are you guys going to like NYCC or anything like that? Like, where are you guys located? I just moved. Uh, I'm currently in San Antonio. I'm probably going to wait another year before I do cons again. Okay. But yeah, I'm excited for 2022 for sure. Of course you are. You've got this beautiful book that you're getting ready yeah. to drop on everybody. What about you, Brian? Where are you located? I'm in Massachusetts. Nice. Are you, doing, are, you doing, are you doing NYCC? Mm, I'm kind of with Leslie. I'm, I'm, yeah. Not ready to do a con yet. I feel you. I got sick after cons uh, every time before the pandemic, so I'm not right. pushing. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel you. Makes you guys sense. Doing, 
You guys doing NYCC? Uh, I got a pro pass. Fabulous. Kevin could not. We're both doing Baltimore. And then, are you going to come to Chicago for C two E two? I am. I'm going to fly to. I'm going to fly awesome. to C two E two. I'll just announce it here on the pod. Like we will Ooh, both be at C two E two. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, C two E. I mean, the idea of being in Chicago in December sounds fucking it sounds miserable. But, <laughs> but we'll be together, so it'll be funny. Because and like, we got in. I, I we finally got into C two E two after like applying for like four years. When we get on the con floor, it'll just be like the Laverne and Shirley song. We'll be playing like we'll just do that like that's what'll happen it'll, it'll it. be yeah, it will be doing skips into the con and stuff like that see man that's really great i'm really excited for you guys um this is a, a really wonderful book you guys are working on i'm really looking it looks great to seeing it. Yeah. yeah i love the premise of it all i think, I think this it's, is it's a beautiful thing thanks man it, it, it's we put a lot of work into it you know the the writing's really good and I spent way too long drawing the pages to make sure that they were right. Cause I knew that, you know, it, it's the first thing people see, you know, now, and were you going for like a savage sort of Conan uh, vibe, Brian, was that something that you read growing up? Cause I get, I get that vibe from the pages, but I, but I loved that magazine cause the, the covers were all in color, but everything else was black and white. So like, it was very like toned and stuff like that. So like, I get that, I get that vibe from what you're putting out, but I don't know if that's something that you were into. Um, I've, I've seen the books and I've read them like here and there, but I didn't have them on hand to like really pull from them. Uh, the James Heron uh, Conan mm-hmm. uh, that run he did mm-hmm. that, that uh, I definitely referenced that a lot and uh, rumble as well. If, oh, if you've read rumble. the book by him. Uh, that, yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite books ever. Yeah. Uh, me too. I, I have almost all of them, all the trades and all that. Um, yeah, those books played a big part. And also, I mean, I was into Conan in the same way that like most kids my age, you know, like I'm almost 40 now. So like the, the what do you call it? Um, Schwarzenegger movie and stuff like that. I, that all played a role in there too. Yeah, but. What about, what about, what about the Jason Momoa Conan? What, mm-hmm. What's everybody's feelings on Jason Momoa Conan? Let's, let's hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Are you who's doing it? Is he doing a? a he did it. He it did it. Not a couple years ago. Yeah, I never yeah. saw it. It, it didn't look great, unfortunately. And I love Jason Momoa, but it didn't seem like something worth checking out. <laughs> I have opinions on it, but I think Momoa was great as Conan. He just got a terrible script. That's mm. just my opinion. I, I, I thought I thought the script was kind of kind of could have used a lot of work, but gotcha. other than that. I didn't have a problem with it. Like, see, I, don't, no, I don't know. It's one of those things that I can't see anyone but Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Conan in the Marvel. Really? Yeah. I, like, I just. Can't. I didn't mind Momoa as Conan. It wasn't that. Like, what it was was like. So, spoilers. Even the movie's a couple years. The old. movie's like fifteen years old at this point. <laughs> is it? Is it that old? Something like They're that. Yeah. Internet, yeah. fifteen years old. <laughs> okay. So, well, like, it starts off with like, um, like the origin story of Conan, and like. You get that in the first Schwarzenegger movie. So, like, if, if you're going to try and stay true to Howard, like they were saying, you don't need to do that again. Mm-hmm. Just start off with him being Conan, like, and, and you would have been fine. Like, I think they would have been better off with their just like, if they're just like, well, this is Conan and this is what he's doing and he's on a pirate ship doing this stuff, there would have been no issues. But then they start off with like, oh, here's Conan as a kid doing this. And it's like, no, 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 we saw that in the first movie. So that's where, that's where I feel like they made their mistakes. And then, the script wasn't great because of that because it spent like half the movie on his childhood uh, like you know if you have a like a i think it's like a two-hour movie um it spent like 40 minutes on all this stuff with ron perlman in it and like you didn't need all that like nothing against ron perlman but uh, that's just my opinion though i feel you 
The unnecessary origin story, you know, I totally get that. That's definitely a, a misstep that happens too much on, uh, I don't know. Like, we don't need another Batman movie where they tell me how Batman got, like, to be, become Batman. So yeah, I feel, the same, I, I feel the same way about Spider-Man. Like, everybody yeah. knows everybody knows what happened with Spider-Man. Bro. We know like, his uncle Ben died. So, yeah. like, so right. give me something else. Like, or, or, like, the way they did it in um, The Hulk was great. Like, the Hulk movie with Edward Norton. Like, they did the newspaper articles. They had this. So he's the Hulk already. You know he's the Hulk. You know how this is. He became the Hulk. And they give it to you all in, like, three minutes worth of titles. Perfect. I love the shorthands like that. It's just such creative storytelling and just yeah those two hands just make so much more sense than rehashing the same story mm-hmm. again and again and again yeah i think that was honestly the best part of the incredible hulk film i don't know if you guys remember that the actual movie with ed norton where they did the entire incredible hulk backstory in the credits it was awesome it was I great that. like you like you thought that was the best part of the movie though i mean it was it was a really great feel i love that film like i'm gonna I go out on a limb I and say like, i think that, was, that was a really great movie but i really enjoyed that part of it because i you get you don't have to deal with all the bullshit mm-hmm. it's just like here we are he's hulk let's do the it Hulk abomination know? fight was dope in that too yeah. because it was like you know and i haven't seen the 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 whole uh shang chi one yet but i hear that he's in that too abomination which is great like I'm, I'm glad that you're getting to reuse villains and stuff like that. So, I mean, I have to give it to them that Marvel Cinematic, like you said in the beginning, I was like, that was amazing. And then the Hulk Abomination fight on top of that, the end of it was just the icing on the cake for me as like a that moviegoer. That's what, that's what I paid my money to see it. They gave yeah. it to me, you know, because it was, it was big. It was bombastic. They had a lot mm-hmm. of stuff go on, you know. That's what you want from a two monsters fighting in, in the city. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, dudes, I mean, we are rooting for you. We hope this thing works out. It's going to be a, a wonderful book. Uh, plug away. Where do we find more about this Kickstarter? And you guys. Kickstarter is simply savagewizard.com. Check it out. Brian's awesome art is, uh, you can see the first nine pages of the book. It's beautiful. It's got a trailer on there. You can check out all the tiers. Yeah, definitely check out savagewizard.com. Uh, I, Leslie, am at uh, Twitter, um, at Les Wright, or you can find me on Instagram, L-E-S underscore Wright. And uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Kuru Flint, K-U-R-U-F-L-I-N-T. And I'm also on ArtStation under my real name. And that's about it, because I'm not great with social media. (laughs) (laughs) I respect that. That's awesome. Well, dudes, congratulations to you. And I'm saying congratulations, maybe a little preemptively, but whatever, I got a good feeling. You guys, hey, you guys aren't going to be in that 4%. I know it. I know you guys aren't going to be in that 4%. We have you guys have already hit 50. <laughs> Start spending that money now. Like, just <laughs> go crazy. Get this book made pre- yeah, pre- dude, let's, prematurely. Let's and, do it. Let's do it. And, and yeah. get that conversion van bonus up there for, for, the, for the backers that are hardcore. Conversion you know, van. There is. Conversion van bonus needs to happen. I'll... I'll buy the shag carpeting and the uh, curtains that you need for that. Nice. And the black, need the black light as well. Right, I like you, man. <laughs> that's, that's good. I dreamed about having fans when I was a boy, too. <laughs> <laughs> the things we dreamed about because of Scooby-Doo. Isn't it awesome? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's great. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much All for right. having us on. I appreciate it.
Leslie Julian and Brian Flint. They are the co-writer and artist of Savage Wizard, which is live right now on Kickstarter. I believe you could just go to savagewizard.com if memory serves me correctly. Let's see if I'm right about that. Holding, holding. What's up with you, computer machine? Why are you being so slow today? Yeah, so I think you could just go to savagewizard.com or go to kickstarter.com and search savage wizard and that'll come right up yep savagewizard.com boom i love being right so yeah man so you can check this book out it's really cool looking i'm really excited and we appreciate having those dudes on the podcast we'll be back next a monday with more 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 fantastic word bros you got 18 days left to get on savage wizard so do that while you can thank you very much and we'll talk to you guys next week